Blog Talk Radio. talking 
with the show at 122,000, with all the podcasts, we're probably by now at 160,000, over 200 countries in Australia. We love you. You are our biggest supporter here on Blog Talk Radio. Thank you so, so much. But ladies and gentlemen, the, the thing is, indie authors, indie artists, people with a platform, people with a cause, have an opportunity to be heard in places where they might not be heard because this show offers it to them. And for those of you who are no, new to listening to the show, you, this show is not just heard on Blog Talk Radio. We are heard on iTunes and YouTube and FM.com and TuneIn Radio and iTunes, I mean, um, iHeartRadio, Podcast.com, Podcast Garden, SoundCloud, MixCloud, Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, and, and this week, just this week, in the past couple of days, we're now on Reverb Nation. I am putting up all of the past shows on Reverb Nation, and I am also, with the permission of the artists that have been on my show, the musical artists, I am putting up one song of theirs on, on Reverb Nation. And you cannot download it. You cannot buy it. You can just listen to it. But I'm also attaching an external link so that you can go and purchase their music and find out about them. This is a perfect opportunity for these artists to be heard and to be um, taken care of, so to speak, on all in one place. I am also putting up snippets of audio books from some of my authors who have audio books. It's a one-stop shop, and it's under radio host and author Yvonne Mason on Reverb Nation. Check it out. Become a fan. Share it, because I am amazed. I am amazed at where we are headed. Now, we are booking shows into December, and there's two ways you can get on this show. One, you can come on as a guest, but you need to hurry, because November, December are short months because of the silly season. Two... You can place an ad for the show for $10 a month. I'll run the ad for a month, and I normally run four shows a, a week. So that's 16 shows a month. I'm not in it to get rich. I am just in it to help you succeed. If I have to reschedule the shows, because most of you know that my husband is very, very ill, and I never know from one week to the next what's going on with him. But if I have to reschedule shows, your ad goes with the show. I do not cheat you out of any time that you have paid for. So contact me at offthechainradio at yahoo.com. You can either send me an MP3 or you can send it written down and I'll I'll read it on the show. And speaking of that, I want to um, start the show off with two ads with two ladies that have been with me for a long time and, and they continue to support this show as sponsors. The first one is Cece Chamberlain. She's an absolute love. She has a podcast called Inside Your Life with Cece. This is a motivational, passionate conversation. She interviews people who are living their true purpose, and she doesn't care what purpose that is. If you're an author, a musician, a garbage collector, a boxer, a historian, she doesn't care. What she tries to do is to give you hope for a brighter day with her inspirational words. Download, subscribe, and listen as CC guides you to pursue your dreams for you to live your best life. Her wonderful show is available on podcast.com, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere podcasts are available. And this other person, and again, Australia, thank you, but because of this show and, and her ads on this show, her books hit 
number one in your country, and I thank you for that. It, this is very humbling. The girl's name is Diane Motes, and she is an author. And she has a series of books, and it's called the Sam Holden series. The first one is Dog Gone, and the second one is called Dog Fight. And it goes something like this. Wherever a helpless animal whimpers in the dark and wherever the system fails to protect said animals, she'll be there, and she isn't giving up anytime soon, so you've been warned. When Sam Holden receives a tip about a brutal dog fighting ring, she embarks on some of her most dangerous acts of vigilanteism yet. The monster known as the puppeteer circles Sam's world as she unknowingly circles his. While they chase each other, will this put Sam will Sam put those that she loves most in harm's way in order to break up this ring? With time running out and animals in need, the dangerous life Sam's created begins to eclipse any other life she could ever lead. Ladies and gentlemen, go to Amazon, look up Diane Moat, M-O-A-T, and download her books today because they are absolutely the best. Now that we've got the housekeeping out of the way, tonight's show, this young man has been waiting patiently for me for months. He He is just... The the people that wait so patiently to come on this show, I am just so humbled and so grateful and so appreciative of them because some of them wait three and four months to get on the show. That's how fast we book up. And he is calling all the way from, as we hear in in the States say, across the pond. You know, it's the big pond. And it's late for him over there, and I am so appreciative that he agreed to come on At my time, he has no idea how much I appreciate him. But his name is S.P. Stevens, and he was born in London in 1972. Now, that in itself makes me quite envious, because you all all know that I am a lover of London and Whitechapel and Spiderfield in the year 1888, and all of y'all know why. He spent his formative years in the shadows of the Dreaming Spears of Oxford, Oxford, I can't talk, before moving to Nottingham, where he graduated with a degree in English and media. Who would have guessed it? Preferring to follow a passion for music over writing, S.P. or Sean, he worked as a dance music producer in the 1990s. Now, we got to inquiring minds want to know more about this. In 2001, he founded an Internet marketing company, finding a home for his writing in the form of technical SEO and copywriting services. Unable to resist even more creative urges, in 2016, he finally decided to put fingers to keyboard, penning his debut fantasy novel, Bindcrafter. Sean now lives in Brighton on the south coast of England where he splits his time between fiction, internet marketing, coaching kids soccer, and writing about himself in the third person. I I tend to think that maybe Sean may have multiple personality disorder. Welcome, Sean. How are you? Thank you so much, my friend, for spending a late, late hour with me. Hi, Yvonne. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Well, you are just, you're amazing. To do all that you do and still find time to write, do you split yourself up in thirds or fourths or hundreds or whatever it is to to get all of this done in one day? Um, I wish I could. That that would be (laughs) ideal. Um, Generally, it involves a lot of late nights, so I'm I'm pretty good with with tonight, (laughs) which is handy. (laughs) It works out well.
know for both of us. Let let's let's go back into your your past. When you were a wee child, did you mean to take this path? Were in other words, did you know that you wanted to get a degree in English and media and then go into technical writing and then all this other stuff that you do? Or were you headed in another direction? Uh, I'm I'm one of these people that doesn't has never had a direction, I don't think. Um, you know, all through my life I've wanted to do different things. Um, but um, they've always changed a long, a long time. Um, I'm not sure if that, if that means I'm um, indecisive, or you know, or whether I just my my mind wanders quickly. Um, it means you're but, creative. Yeah, that is that's the one thing that everything I've, I've tended to do has had in common that it has been creative things. I think. What made you go into teaching dance? To me, that because I love dance, I took dance and I loved it. But to teach it, that's got to be grueling. Right. I didn't actually teach dance. Um, I produced dance music, so um, that was more to do with um, writing music and um, working in studios and doing. Um, live gigs, that kind of thing. Wow! Um, so I so spent you you just wrote the music that the choreographer put people's feet to. It's more when I say dance music, I should be more specific. It's more like um, have you heard of house music or techno music, that kind of thing? Yeah. Um, that's the kind of dance music rather than um, necessarily music for people to dance to. So you know, electronic. Um, keyboard stuff, um, your club music, that kind of stuff. Wow. See, I'm telling you, you've got multiple personalities. <laughs> Sometimes now, I, I feel like I have, yes. <laughs> you have a love... <laughs> Me too. You have a love of something that I do, and when I went deep diving on you, I found it in... in I skimmed over it because I was in the middle of something else. But you have a love of dragons. Yeah, I think it's a it's a badge of honor, isn't it, for a fantasy author? If you don't I like dragons. I think so. <laughs> now, I was reading an art, something that you wrote on your blog about dragon bones being found. Did I read that right? You did. Um, it, a very a very controversial <laughs> blog entry, I think. Um, it was basically an attempt at, at flash fiction, which I'm not quite I'm quite sure whether um, everybody that that read it was, was sure what it what it was about. Um, but yeah, it was basically a kind of April Fools, but not actually in April. Well, I liked it. I think I think it should be real myself because I love dragons. Yeah, I mean. Who's to say that dragons haven't been flying around just because we haven't necessarily found the exact evidence? I think sometimes maybe, maybe there's too much need. Well, I don't think we've looked far enough. We'll just put, we'll just throw that out there. We haven't looked deep enough. There are dragon fossils out there. So, I mean, there's dinosaur fossils. Why not dragons? 
Exactly. Dragons are pretty much dinosaurs anyway, in a lot of ways. There you it's go. They just have wings. Yep, and a bit of magic. And they breathe fire. fire. <laughs> <laughs> See, you can't tell that from the dinosaur fo- fossils. That's the problem. Well, that's true. So why we don't we just say Yeah, we're, we're just, okay, we're putting it out there to all you archaeologists. Go find us some dragon fossils, because if there's dinosaur fossils, they're dragon fossils. I mean, there's enough dragons in books. Why not? I mean, R. George R. R. Martin has the Queen of Dragons I and mean, the Mother of All Dragons. So why not? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, you know, you could you could create an argument for um, the creation of fire from methane inside an animal, and you've got yeah. pterodactyls. So I mean, we're pretty much there. See, there's your next there's your next fiction. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> After the part go. two to the blog post. Now, for those that that don't understand what copyright services are, because I don't know if you, and, and I know that copywriting and trademarking are two different things, and I don't know if you've you've noticed the stupidity that has started going on in the in the indie world about trademarking words, which these these authors don't understand that words are just words and that that the words are not their brand that they are the brand but that being said when you offer a copyright service to someone what are you offering because a lot of people don't know what that is um well in internet marketing terms copywriting is any kind of writing um which you know promotes a, a business or an idea um so it's kind of separate from copyright as in protecting your intellectual property um, which I do I do know some stuff about um, but the copywriting that we've done is um, basically anything that gets published out on on the internet so you the, the your your client send you his let's call it a CRV for lack of a better term at this point and you draw up the paperwork and stamp copyrighted by Joe Schmo. This belongs to him. Don't try to steal it because if you do, then you'll go to jail. And you send him his copy, and the other copy goes where? Um, well, that's not really what what I do. Um, if I'm if I'm really honest, um, I don't really deal with you know copywriting as in protecting trademarks and stuff, although I have, you know, come across that in my in my work. Um, the stuff we do is more, you know, content creation, I guess. Uh-huh. But if that makes more sense. Yep, it does. Just just because people people need to know about Sean Stevens and, and all the pies that his little fingers are in as in you also and and you and I were talking before the show that you do internet marketing marketing and in this business if we don't make the internet our friends and if we don't market ourselves not so much our product because the product like I said is not our brand we're the brand if we don't market ourselves we might as well not even put pen to paper because the book's going to go nowhere correct absolutely correct um which is one of the kind of realizations I got, I think, after about a year of writing. 
was that um, I needed to create some kind of, um, not a brand necessarily, but open myself up to, you know, people knowing about me as an author, which was quite a strange experience, I have to say. Because we're not used to to talking about ourselves, like you say, you you write about yourself in third person. We have to take ourselves personally out of the equation and pretend like we're not who we are, and put the person, the the face of our brand, which is us, out there as as somebody without any emotion being put into it. You know, Joe Schmo. You have to write in third person because if you don't put yourself out there, Sean, and I know that you've seen this. People aren't going to buy your book just because you're a nice guy, because they don't know who Sean Stevens is. Yeah, um, totally agree. I try every day to, you know, create new friends on Twitter and um, Facebook and stuff, and you know, I write stuff for the website, um, do things like this. Um, the the end point for me is that um, I love the universe that I've created. <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds a bit strange, but uh, no, I just like other, pe- other people to, you know, be able to experience that if they want to. Years ago, and I don't know if it's still done now or not, but years ago, um, there, there was groups of people that would go on the internet, and this was a friend of mine did it way back when you had to type in DOS, but they created the the fantasy worlds on the internet. And they opened it up for people to read. And each person within the group had their own character. And they built on that character and they built the scenes. And and because of that, a lot of books came out of those fantasy worlds on the Internet. Yeah, that would have been the 80s, that kind of time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of sort of things were created on forums and really strange architecture back then <laughs> compared to what yeah. we have now. Um, you know, really strange. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to run a couple ads right quick, and then I want to talk about on your blog you had a a um, article about cheats for writing, yep. and for newbies that are just starting out. I would find that very informative. So if you'll let me run these three ads right quick, then we will come back and talk about them so that we can educate some of these people, as we say in the South. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest author, Sean Stevens. Also, he writes under S.P. Stevens, S-T-E-V-N-E. I can't talk. S-T-E-V-E-N-S. And no, y'all can't go now. You've got to wait because you don't know what he writes about. So hold on and we'll be right back. Do you have cougars on your porch swing? Are horses your new best friend? Do your nicest shoes get buried knee-deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman, a true Montana adventure. Available online and in bookstores. Or visit quinnwildlifeart.com for a personalized signed copy. Critics agree, it's a hoot. 
Hi, this is Winona and Jade inviting you to join us and our wonderful guests on the And I Thought Women's Cave podcast on Blog Talk Radio to learn more about our books, the And I Thought series, and the Misfit Guides. They're available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNobles.com. Or just to see what your ladies are up to, you can find all of that out on www.andwethought.com. Dot com. So peace and love from Winona and Jade and our books. <laughs> <laughs> you so silly. silly. You silly. Remember Did you write that? That's funny. <laughs> Remember to visit us at andwethought.com. The year, 1888. The place, London's East End. Dead and mutilated bodies are popping up all over, from Stamford to Whitechapel. Jack the Ripper is leaving his mark, and the city's on edge. Yvonne Mason is back with a tale of murder and millinery. The Rhodes Hat Factory is booming while the body count rises. Why now? How are these hats connected? Has the Hatter gone mad? Mad Hatter, Yvonne Mason. Available now on Amazon.com. And we are back, and yes, that was a piece of shameless promotion from one of my books. This is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest author, Sean Stevens, who writes under S.P. Stevens. Okay, Sean, on your blog, you wrote Cheats for Writing. Now, I've been in this business for a minute or so, and even some of the books that I have read from authors from what we call the big six could have used some of your cheats for writing because some of those books were like pulling teeth. I think I would rather have had Snakebite because they were so boring. How do you keep a book from being boring? How do you cheat to make it better? Okay, that's a that's a, a big question. Um, I think the essential thing with books, well, fiction, is that it's the characters that that matter more than anything else. Everything comes back to that and, and people's relationship with the characters. If you can make the characters interesting, the book is interesting. Um, I don't know if that was on on the blog. I haven't got it in front of me. Um, I will see if I can pull it up because I re- it, it the whole thing resonated with me when I was reading it. Um, and what you said made sense, made a lot of sense because sometimes it's it's not the dialogue; it's the way the dialogue is written. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've got a few mantras that I kind of kick around in my head all the time. Um, one of my favourites is um, write less action and more drama. So very often, if people think their story's slow or other people do, they put it down not having enough action. Um, but tension comes from drama, really. So, um, you know, even the, the, the smallest things can can create that drama um you know just of tension between two characters 
or you know, is the guy going to slip on the banana skin? If, if you do it right. Um, One of the things you put is unexpected right. events, like getting a fly in your soup or to find out your house is about to be demolished by your local council. That's not something that one would expect in the story. It's just like an afterthought within the story, but it, it jolts your, your reading audience to, oh, let me get back. What happened? Yeah, I mean, unexpected events are the basis, basis of all fiction, I think, really, which, you know, comes back to fiction is all about con- conflict. Um, and conflict normally does come from unexpected events, I would say. That, that yep. Yeah. Um, one of the best um, movies I ever saw, I couldn't figure out what the ending was going to be. And usually I can I can figure out who done it about halfway through, but one that can hold my attention that long, without me figuring it out and then being completely wrong. If I have figured it out, I'm completely wrong. To me, that is very well written. Yeah, I mean you could class that another tip. You know, just um, the twist. Most most good stories have some kind of twist in them. Comes right out of out of nowhere. And you yeah, know that, totally. that really it pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm supposed to be able to figure it out. And another thing that you talk about is the exclamation point. People want to type right with exclamation points. You don't need them. Not that often. No, I mean they should never ever be outside dialogue in my opinion um, and and what you find is if you go through because in the first draft I'll admit I have you know 800 <laughs> exclamation marks if I do a search in my Word document but when I go um, back through on the revision and I actually take them out it's amazing just how much more power the sentences have without them um, you know I have a another kind of mantra which is if you could Put a di- put a tag on the end of each saying he exclaimed. Then you're allowed to have one, but otherwise, don't have them. Yeah, because they're they're not necessary. Because by the by the character's action, you should understand it is an expl. She shouted, or she screamed, or she cried loudly, or he cursed. I mean, that's an explanation within itself. Yeah. I mean, there are, there are exceptions as well, which is, I think, you know, if you just have like a one-line bit of dialogue where someone's shouting um, someone's name or something, you'd put one at the end of that just so that you know it's a shout. But mm-hmm. but generally, but they're just they're one of the most overused things, and you know, obviously, I've been writing for a couple of years now, and I was they were the bane of my life for. <laughs> For a good six months. <laughs> the bane of your existence. And I also found out something amazing about you that um, the world needs to know, because I'm sure that the world does not know yet, but we're going to expose the world to it. And that is, ladies and gentlemen, he also writes poetry. And it's it, I've never heard it called this before, but it's Vogan. What in the world is Vogan poetry? <laughs> Okay, well, Vogan poetry is a nod to um, the the great Douglas Adams's Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. 
Um, have you heard of that? No. Douglas Adams, he's not with us anymore, but he, he is one of my favorite um, British authors. Um, he wrote a series of books called The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy um, about this this guy that basically wakes up the council are about to demolish his house. Um, but what he, what he doesn't know is that there's a spacecraft orbiting the Earth about to demolish the Earth. Uh, <laughs> there's loads of amazingly well done um, lines drawn between, you know, bureaucracy and modern society and um, <laughs> strange sci-fi events. But I mean, he was a, a genius. And you know, if anyone hasn't read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, they really should, and, and don't watch the films. And and it sounds like that he writes well. If you think it could get worse, look up. It just did. Yeah, um, and Vogon poetry. It, um, the the aliens that come to demolish the Earth are Vogons, and their captain of their spacecraft um, so likes to read. It doesn't poetry. matter much if your house is getting demolished because the whole world is going to be demolished anyway. Exactly. <laughs> and well, yeah, we, I, I don't. I won't say that because it would be a spoiler, but, you know, there's some some great references to, like, council planning in, in the intergalactic bypass department or something. Well, I want to read, with your permission, this piece of poetry that you wrote because it is so true. It just smacked me upside the head when I was reading it earlier today. It's it's amazing piece of poetry. So if you don't mind, I would love to read it. Okay, I don't know where you've got this from. So um, <laughs> if it's not mine, it's or something, about I'll tell the you world. Afterwards. About the world. Okay, go for it. There are more good people than bad. Avoid trouble. Don't be sad. The world is a wondrous place. If a dark and disturbing race, so always keep a smiling face. Apart from one person, there's always someone worse than you. So have fun when you can before you fall in, in your imagination, the best playground of all. Yep, I hold my hands up. It's one of my... I love it because it's so true. It's, it is a simplistic view of the world that no matter how bad it gets, we're always free within our own mind. Yeah, I mean, that's a lesson that, you know, you learn as definitely being a writer. It applies to everybody. Um, and, you know, the imagination is, is the most powerful place to be, really. Um, that's why books are so good, because they give you that space that, you know, films and other kinds of entertainment don't. I love that piece of work. It is absolutely wonderful. Thanks, Yvonne. I'll, I'll try. I'll try and write more. I do put the odd please little bit on on Twitter. Please do. I think you should publish a book of your poetry. Sure. Okay. Well, um, my, my my book publishing schedule is quite busy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just whip a few out and put it in book form. Speaking of books, now, ladies and gentlemen, he's got a a book out. The second one is coming out soon but this one the one that's out is called Bindcrafter Song of Sons okay can I, it, I just 
Can I just stop yeah. you there, Yvonne? Because <laughs> it's course. not actually out yet. This um, one's not out yet? That one's not out yet. That one is in revision at the moment. Um, and I've got a novella which is coming out, I guarantee, by the, by July. Um, but at the moment, that is all I have, I'm afraid. Don't apologize, because you're coming back. But we're going to taste their, we're going to whet their appetites anyway. Because, ladies and gentlemen, you have to go and friend him on Facebook. So, because my note says release date March 2018. I think he just wanted to tease me because it's not out yet. But that being said, this is what it's about. When there's no one left to care about, what is there left to hope for? I like that tagline. The nation of Sindal has long dominated the Fairlands. Its armies, uh, Fairylands, I can't talk. Its armies are undefeated, its rulers undisputed, and its control is total, or rather it was. Are the gods angry? Is the science broken? Yen has more important things to worry his young mind. As a refugee, he set for assignment to the forge, the perfect place for the scrags and murderers to do him in. There's always escape in the Book of Talents, and tales of men collapsing mountains and machines that control minds. But when his family is torn apart, he must embrace reality and revive a forgotten magic to bring down his vile oppressors. Easier said than done when reality would prefer to melt away. Immerse yourself in a world of dark, forgotten magic, intrigue, adventure, love, and loss, and this epic fantasy debut from J.P. Stevens, but keep a candle burning and a hand on your blade. Okay. Where in the world, in the recesses of your mind, did this come from? Well, I started writing. <laughs> it just kind of poured out, really. Um, it was, um, about just over two years ago, um, I decided it was time to actually try and write something proper if you like um so i sat down started writing um and and fell in love with the process and the characters and the the universe and everything just expanded from from a seed of just the main character's name um and a, and a scene and this world is is of course it's good and it's evil and it's 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 dark and it's light does it have enough room to to grow and expand and change with the second book yeah i've got the it's a three book series which i've got mapped out um in in rough outline um so even you know each book is very much self-contained and you know a pretty epic kind of chapter of what what goes on in the world um but there's a bigger arc um which at the moment should be three books um although you know sometimes these things can um go into four i think i think but i wouldn't really want to write more than four um although there's you know options for doing prequels and, and that kind of thing too so it's massive um every time i sit down to write the world grows um <laughs> some in some random way you know my 
one of my main battles is stopping the world growing so much that I can't get it on paper. <laughs> Where did you get the title Bindcrafter? What I know there's a significance for it. What is the significance? The significance is um, that there's an affliction which besets the universe or the world um, the characters are. Um, it's, it's not a, it's not Earth. It's a it's an imagined world, um, and this this affliction requires a cure, um, which is referred to in the book as binding, um, which basically protects people from the effects of, of this affliction. Um, the people that um, practice the the art of binding are called bind crafters, so that's where bind crafter comes from. Interesting. Very interesting. Yep. Now, this this young man says that he is a refugee, so this is really not his home. He just wound up there for some reason. Yeah, the, his home is basically war-torn. Um, so um, his family escaped um, to the to Sendal, which is you know like the the big dominant nation of of, of the universe at the moment. It's so how much. did he how did he wind up? where he is well there's a lot of backstory <laughs> <laughs> imagine, you, know, you know the amount of backstory that comes out every day for the last two years has been extreme um, but you know basically they, they ask from from the war his mother has got um, she's actually a, from the, the nation that they go to um so they get citizenship um on you know due to her um and there's other things that are going on which I can't possibly divulge <laughs> of course <laughs> spoiler, not that would be giving reason. away the story um but yeah there's other factors at, at play which kind of push them into the the geography what what made you decide to write fantasy well, um, fantasy is by far my favourite um, type of read, so it just made sense, I guess. Um, and I think if I'd done any other genre, I, I would have just got sick of it by now. Um, <laughs> you know, because I didn't re- realise when I started just what a, what a mammoth project writing is really of any any description. It's just so much more to it than you think when when you start out. So the fact that it's fantasy and that I love fantasy um, means that um, I get excited every time I, I go to write. So I I can't think of having had writer's block at all, for instance. Um, you struggle with certain concepts and, and, you know, plotting and that kind of thing. But um, I've always just wanted to get stuck in even more. Well, let me ask you this: When how? It's hard enough for me to put together a a storyline, a historical novel, much less a three part series 
novel, and then you add the layer of fantasy on top of it, how in the world, A, do you come up with the, the, the names of the places, the people, and the things? B, how do you keep up with all the working parts of, of a fantasy story because it's anything that your mind wants it to be? How do you keep up with all of that? That would drive me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've, I use certain software packages. So um, I use why writer i don't know if you've heard of that um uh-huh. it's, it's you know you know scrivener it's yeah kind of i hate scrivener right i never could figure that one out so i said <laughs> drop this i'm not dealing with it yeah well it's got similar features in organizations so you can you know have like lists of characters and you can put in their details and that kind of thing um or items or places um so it's kind of like a database of all the information needed for the story um, so I use that, and then I've got, you know, several notebooks <laughs> of handwritten, um, lots of A4 printed sheets. Um, I have folders of notes, and um, some I have like Excel stuff for the for the magic because you know you have so many different elements of the magic to consider each time it it comes into play. Um, so yeah, it's a huge undertaking, and I don't know why I started off writing epic fantasy when I hadn't written anything before. I should have done a thriller or something. No, I think you did actually very well because if you're gonna get your, if you're going to jump into the the tsunami of the writing world, don't go in the kiddie pool. Jump into yeah. the deep end and keep keep swimming like you know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, sometimes it, it feels like you're, you're trying to tread water. Um. Yes. <laughs> but if you if if one is serious, if one is serious about writing and and one really wants to to make a difference in their own self and in their own world, then I agree. One must write A, what one knows, B, what one enjoys, and C, what one reads on a daily basis. You already had a working knowledge of fantasy because that is that is the genre you love to read. And you know that anything is possible in fantasy. It's your world. You can make it do whatever you want to. Yeah, I mean, that is one of the joys although it can also be a curse sometimes because um, I like to think of it as having like a reality cake that you start off with at the beginning of your story um, and you can only sort of go um, too, too, you can only go so far away from reality before people um, stop buying it, if you like. So I think of it like a cake. So if I have a really bizarre thing happen, that's like a slice of my cake's gone. I can only use up a certain amount, but yeah, the, the flexibility and just the, <laughs> although you can get lazy as well and think, okay, right, well, let's, well. Let's step back into the literary world. I'm going to take you back to years and years and years ago in a, in a, in a galaxy far, far away when I was a, a, a young girl even before I was a teenager, I, I was 10, 11, 12 years old, and I was reading Edgar Rice Burroughs. Yeah. Now, anybody that has read Edgar Rice Burroughs, 
in that time period would say there's no way that any of this could happen. Same yeah. thing with George Orwell, 1984. I read 1984 and then right after it was published. I mean, this was in the 60s, 70s, and I'm going, okay, I don't see it happening, but guess what? It is. So fantasy is not that far away from reality. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's sci-fi and fantasy, both kind of where sci-fi predicts the future in a way fantasy reflects it if that makes sense good point yes it makes perfect sense because in 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 those of us that say well no i never fantasize i'm going to tell what they lie because we all fantasize yeah i mean to be able to put it to paper I, i bow to you my friend because my worlds are too real i can't I can't get it on paper. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sometimes you can cheat by basing things on on reality and then just twisting them a bit. Some of my favorite fantasy is um the kind of stuff that's very close to um the real world but then it's slightly twisted. Um you know, sort of things like Neil Gaiman, those kinds of authors. Mhm. Um you know, and to extent, you know, you could almost include Harry Potter in that kind of thing from the point of view that, you know, it's a real world, but then there's this other kind of layer to it. So, you know, it's it's easier to kind of work in that scenario sometimes, but unfortunately I didn't do that either. So I made it even harder. <laughs> you, you just went, you, you didn't step into a tsunami. You just, I don't know what you, you just went, on into the to the deep end of the ocean to twenty thousand leagues under the sea and said, "Okay, if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it whole hog." And here we are with Minecrafter, Song of Sons, S U N S, and and it's not out yet, but it's going to be very soon. This year, that's all I can promise. Um, I sent it to betas and then that kind of thing. Um, I had sort of several people re- read it, and although they, they they said they enjoyed it, it came back as a seven out of ten, and I was just like, I'm just not happy. <laughs> so um, there, okay, there were loads of things I needed to fix, and I it was kind of like finding the core of the, of the story, I guess, which I'm I think I now have done, and I'm about halfway through through the revision, so it's coming on well. So they. They wanted more meat in the story. There was there was there was a whole variety of, of different of different things. Um, you know, one of the things that stuck in my gut of it was, you know, um, the main character wasn't coming across as as one of the their favourite characters. Those kind of issues. Um, and the, the trouble is, there's a lot of characters. There's like 150 characters or something. I don't don't even start because I know that's terrible have um, they not read George R. R. Martin well, I have yes, to have a sport card to keep up with all of his characters yeah I mean that that is impossible to keep up with even for me um, but I love his books I get lost in his books I stay up all night reading his books and I'm ready to send the flying monkeys after him if he doesn't finish this last book because he left us hanging I know 
And yeah, we've got Game of Thrones, one more series to come, isn't it? Yeah, um, and, and that's so. my drug of choice, and it's going to be gone. The book's not out. I just hate when that happens. Don't be George, don't be George R. R. Martin, Sean. Get your book. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm certainly in, in no... Uh, go on. We've whetted their appetites, man. You've got to get the book out. Yeah, well, like I say, the prequel um, will be out in a couple of weeks. So that will that is, you know, will give you an in to the, to the Minecraft universe. Um, it's got, you know, some of the elements of the magic and that kind of thing. Um, that came about just because... It took so long to go through the beta process with the book, um, which again wasn't something I was expecting. But it, you know, it was a good three months that I I just got sick of of waiting and decided to write the prequel. So I'm I'm glad I did that because that is something that I've actually finished. And yeah, I'm just waiting for the cover art, and that'll be out imminently. So hopefully, people might pick that up. And what are we? What is the name of the prequel? The prequel is called Ranker's Charge. Um, that's Ranker, as in a soldier. I don't know if that was obvious. Um, and that is, I best describe it as, um, it, it, it's set down a mine, um, and it's like, who's going to die first <laughs> or last? Um, <laughs> it's just a, it's just a nice little adventure, hopefully, for people. Okay, so if are you going to do a big explosion so that people will know it's out on your Facebook page and on your Twitter and on your blog? And Yeah, as soon as I've got the cover out, I'll be putting it all over um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, that kind of thing. And I will be giving away um, art copies and um, free stuff. So if people wanted to sign up at my website... Um, to my newsletter, they can do that and they'll get the option, which is um, spstevens.com um, forward slash news. Now, when you get your cover art and, and you start getting ready to promote this thing, post it on my page so that I can blow it out all over my social media. That would be amazing, Yvonne. I'd definitely do that. Because I've got Good heavens, let's see, how many sites have I got on Facebook? I've got five or six, plus, like I told you before the show, my Facebook page integrates with my Twitter feed, and then tonight's show is going to go up on Reverb Nation. I can take the book cover, and I can put it up on Reverb Nation as a photo. That would be great. Um, yeah, and it, the, the art was looking really good the last time I spoke to the guy. So <laughs> I think it was well, pretty Tell him to get, tell him to stop sitting on his thumbs and get it done, so that we can get you out there, my dear. Because this is this baby needs to be hatched. Come on now, don't be a George R. R. Martin. <laughs> oh, George R. R. Martin, um, he's had a lot more out than me, so I'm not going <laughs> to start criticizing any any of the, these authors. I mean, it does it does get to me. Some there's a few authors that you know take ages to write write the sequels and people moan on at them on social media <laughs> having well, what they don't, from the what they don't understand is is if if you don't stay out there pretty soon you become a non-entity they go george who oh i read him once and they've forgotten what they've read so when the new book comes out they're not even interested in my case though i would buy it just 
because I want to know what happened to the mother of all dragons. Yeah, um, I'm totally down with all all of that, um, you know, marketing and serious stuff and that kind of thing. I'll probably, you know, really push the um, the prequel when the novel's ready to go, um, so that people don't forget it. Well, now you've told folks about your website. Where can they find you on Twitter and Facebook? Okay, um, Twitter and Facebook. You can find me at SP Stevens Writer. Um, Instagram, you can find me at s.p.stevens. And the website, spstevens.com. And that's and Stevens on, on, with a V. And then on Facebook, you're listed as Sean Stevens, correct? Yeah, um, although that's my... Um, personal profile um, I've got an um, author profile too which is S.P. Stevens writer that's where I put all my book stuff so there you go ladies and gentlemen and Sean you're not going to believe it but we are getting to the end of our hour and when the show goes dark please don't hang up because I've got some instructions for you but in the meantime I want to thank you again so so much for spending an hour with me at this late hour in in England. You are a trooper, and I appreciate you so, so much. And get your book out, because I will help you promote it. I believe in this so much. So, Thank ladies you, and Yvonne. gentlemen, you are quite welcome, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, you all all know that at the end of every show, there's a couple of things that I say. And as we end this week, I want you to really take this stuff and run with it because I live by it. It's very important to me. And and that is we're all on a journey, and, and none of us know what the other's journey is. And we take this journey alone more times than not. So when you're out and about and you see someone that may not be as kind or as as happy as you think they ought to be, understand that they may be having a bad day. So while they will forget your name and they'll forget what you look like, they will never, ever, ever forget how you make them feel. So never fail to say thank you to someone or please or smile at them or tell them they have a beautiful smile even if they haven't seen it. Or find something about them to compliment them on because you don't know you may be saving someone's life. And in this day and age where suicides are, are at epidemic proportions, people are committing suicide like kids in a candy store stealing candy, and they don't realize that we only go around once, and once that life is gone, they've ripped the fabric of our future because we don't know what great things they might have done. So when you're out and about, hope to remember how you made them feel. And if you want to achieve greatness, ladies and gentlemen, please, please, please stop asking permission because nobody's going to give it to you. More times than not, they have um, allowed someone to destroy their dreams even without their permission, and so they don't think they're ever going to go any further, and they just want to stay in that rabbit hole, and they want you to stay with them. Don't be that person. Fulfill your dream and achieve greatness no matter what it is. And with that being said, I want to say join us again Wednesday night at 8 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time when we start a brand new week, ladies and gentlemen, and it is going to be fun-filled and exciting just like this one has. I want to thank my guest, S.P. Stevens, for staying up late with us for an hour. And until Wednesday night, 8 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time, 
This is Off the Chain with your host, Yvonne Mason, and my guest, S.P. Stevens, saying good evening. Okay, Sean, the, um, we're, we're now in the archive part of the show because it's offline. So what we will do is when we hang up, I will archive the show, and then I will put it up on my Facebook page and tag you in it. That is my gift to you. Thank you very much. Uh, it gets better. Tomorrow, Ooh. I put it up on all the podcasts. And I put the link up on my page, and I tag you in it. Take all of that information and just blow it out there to help promote yourself and your book. Yep, I will do. I'll stick it on all the channels. Yeah, because you understand about Internet marketing. (laughs) (laughs) I do. And I want you to come back after the first of the year, because I know you'll be working on yet another wonderful book in this series. And we can we can talk more about the characters and how they've been grown and and what's going on with them and where you are. That would be brilliant. Okay, thank you, my dear. Awesome. Now go and get some sleep. Okay, I will do. Thanks for having me on the show, Yvonne. Thank okay. you for for spending this hour with me. It's a great sacrifice. I really really appreciate it. Cheers, then. Cheers, darling. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.